0: now for more than 11 years we find that it's always on mornings like this that our radio congregation is larger than usual and that is because it is filled with people who normally are here but because of the weather cannot be here today And we welcome our regular members who are in their homes or in their automobiles somewhere listening on the radio, we remind you that we do receive your offering by way of the mails. (laughs) And if you missed us, we hope that you'll correct that in Tuesday morning's mail. Hear the word of God, please, as it's found in Paul's letter, first letter to the church at Corinth. We are going to read the entire second chapter. Paul said, when I came to you, brethren, I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God in lofty words of wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in much fear and trembling, and my speech and My language and message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away, but we impart wisdom a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glorification. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him, God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows a man's thoughts except the Spirit of the man which is in him? so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit interpreting spiritual truths to those who possess the spirit. The unspiritual man does not receive the gifts of the Spirit of God for they are folly to him and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man judges all things but himself is not to be judged by anyone. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct Him. But we have the mind of Christ. Amen and amen. Every follower of professional football knows what Super Sunday is, and even those who don't care for professional football know what Super Sunday is. But I wonder how many have stopped to analyze why we called it Super, that particular Sunday when the championship game is played in professional football. It's called Super, but it's not because of the site or the size of the stadium where the game is played. For if it's played in Florida, Louisiana, California, it's still Super Sunday. Nor is the name determined by the stars who are performing that particular day. For whatever team is playing, whatever stars are performing, it's still super sunday nor does it depend upon the score of the outcome because at the end of every super sunday we still have the same three groups of people those who supported the winners and are happy those who supported the losers and are unhappy and call foul and the large majority of Americans and followers who really didn't care one way or another and thought they saw a pretty good show. You see, it's not the score that calls and causes it to be called Super Sunday, nor is it the size of the cost and the sacrifice that goes into such an extravaganza you realize how much money is spent in and around and about a Super Sunday? We all have heard the price of the tickets, and the other day on television I was informed that every sponsor who wishes to advertise on television during those precious hours will have to pay somewhere around $300 thousand dollars a minute to advertise. Boy, what the Lord could do with that kind of money (laughs) in solving the hunger and the homeless situations in the world. But not even the cost or the size of the cost of the sacrifice. And let's face it, some of our people are down there And though they're thrilled, they had to make sacrifice to go. But it's not the sacrifice that makes Super Sunday. Nor is it the signs, the sentences that will be and have been written by the more than 1,700 sports reporters who are present for this Super Bowl. Nor will it be even the silly things like the terrible towel that make Super Sunday. Now, you know what makes the Sunday super? One thing. The spirit of people. That's it. The spirit of people. With great help and impetus from the communicating arts through the mass media, what is happening is that the 80,000 people who are there will be joined by the miracle of television by countless millions who, it is estimated, will be watching on 85 million television sets there will be excitement and enthusiasm and growing anticipation where all of these millions of people will for a period of a little more than two hundred minutes will have their spirits concentrating on what in sixty minutes of playing time twenty-two grown men will see what they will be able to do with an inflated pigskin called a football. And that's what it's all about. And what makes the Sunday super is the spirit of people. Now I use this contemporary situation in which all of us are very much involved to pinpoint again that the most powerful Potent and factor in the world is the spirit of human beings the spirit of people the thing that has made America great builds homes, churches, ministries it's all the same thing the spirit of people now God knows this God ought to know it. He's the one that created it that way. And when he made you and me, like every other creature that he has made, he has given to each one of us three individual things. A body, a mind, and a spirit. And through his holy word, he teaches that the most important of the three is the spirit. It's the spirit of man that counts. Why? Because as the Bible teaches us, and we know from our loved ones who have passed beyond, this body will decay and eventually decompose, as will every human body. This mind As it grows older, will eventually deteriorate. But it's the Spirit, the Spirit that lives into eternity. It is the Spirit that is in you that will last forever. And what you and I do today with our spirits will have an awful lot to say and determine what and where we will spend forever and ever and ever, and that's a long time. I've had this illustrated in my own family life in the last two years in a way that I never fully understood it before. Many of you know my mother, and how grateful and thankful I am to all of you who Love her and take such good care of her, with your visits, your care, your cards, and your inquiries about her condition. She's listening, so I'm going to speak slowly. But my mother, 28 months ago, suffered a paralyzing stroke. And for every day of that period, the entire right side of her body is paralyzed. She cannot stand, walk, or write with her right hand. It's affected the mind somewhat. though she's still sharp. Comprehends everything, but her mind is not able to put words together in a sentence. The doctors tell me that she thinks she is answering, she has composed the thoughts in the mind, but they cannot be relayed through the mechanism of which controls our speech and voice. She answers you, but always with one word, the same word. But her spirit, her spirit is very much alive. The joy, the peace, the love, the smile, the happiness, the twinkle in the eye, the, the gentleness, the goodness. It's there just as I've known it ever since I was a little boy. Nothing will ever take that away and my mother and myself in the last while have engaged in what we call spiritual communication, our deep meets, and it's beautiful. And I am more convinced than ever what really matters in life is spirit. For when we get to the other side, we won't have these bodies. Our spirits will put on new bodies, and it's by our spirits that we will recognize and communicate and understand one another. Spirit's so important, and God goes further in His Word. And if I understand it correctly, and I think I do, the way God communicates to us, is first through His Spirit. Jesus, in trying to tell the woman at the well in Samaria, said, God is a Spirit. And if you're going to worship Him, understand Him, communicate with Him, allow Him to instruct you, you must do it in Spirit, said Jesus. And He used the word must. You must do it in spirit and with all of the truth that your spirit can conjure. This gets a little spooky, I know, but I didn't make the way. God has done so and in a way he has taught us the way that we meet is spiritual. It is God's Spirit speaking to our spirit, which he has first placed in us through our creation, that must reach out and do so in a requesting spirit so that God the Spirit can reveal his spirit to us. And when people get on a spiritual level and can communicate with one another, They have somewhat of the idea of what it means to communicate spiritually with God. And we have the promise that if our spirits reach out, God in His Spirit will bless and respond. Paul hit that in the message which we just read. But what eye hath not seen and what ear hath not heard Nor has the heart of man been able to conceive what God has prepared for those who love Him. The Spirit has and will reveal this unto you, for it is the Spirit that searches everything, even the depths of God. There's only one way God can tell you about Himself, and that is when your ears of the Spirit are tuned in. There's only one way that God can tell you about all the wonderful things He wants you to do and has created you to do and expects you to do if ever you're to find your destiny. And that is by listening and communicating with His Spirit. And where Else can that happen better than in a worship service on a Sunday. And that is what happens here on Sunday. And that's what makes every Sunday to the Christian super Sunday. Because in this place and places like this, the living spirit of God meets the living spirit of people like you and me. That's mystical, a little spooky. But it's when we come here anticipating, expecting, waiting, thrilled with what God has to tell us today. And we come with that kind of a spirit. That's when the spirit of God meets us. And when we do it in a great big gathering like this, that is what moves depths that we didn't think possible before I thank God in his wisdom that his spirit has led me to this particular place and has allowed me to stay here for so long because it's in this place this exciting place, this very, very place where we are now today that I have had the privilege of seeing things that I never thought my eyes would see, hearing things that I never thought I would ever hear and see things happen that before were beyond my comprehension. And it's the Spirit of God that has revealed these things unto me. You see, that's what makes this place so exciting. Many times I am asked, what makes Bakerstown Church different? I always respond very simply, two things, the spirit of God and the spirit of the people. That's what drives me on. That's what feeds my spirit, God's spirit and your spirit. Coming in a season of expectancy on a day like today, many churches would think of giving up. Preachers wouldn't expect people to be here. I expected you to be here, and I knew you'd be here. And when you have that Spirit and I have that Spirit, that's when things happen. God, you see, and His Spirit is in this room all the time, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. He doesn't even take it a day off. But it's when you come here and I come here with our spirits expecting to communicate with the Spirit of God. That's when things happen and miracles take place. I could give you 5,000 illustrations, but you want to get home before long, so I'll keep it to a few. I'm looking right now at people. You. Who illustrate the thing that I'm talking about, whose spirits are leading your bodies, your minds, and some of the rest of us, because your spirit has been and is now with God. Most ironic, when I prepared to preach this sermon several weeks ago and thought it appropriate for this particular day in history wasn't quite sure as we never are weeks ahead of time exactly how the sermons going to take place you just simply get an idea you see that's an act of the spirit several weeks ago i thought dick that's it and i was convinced little did i know what all would be happening on this day oh not on a national scene on a private scene And later this week, I was told that the flowers that are before you in this beautiful sanctuary are in memory of a great spirit who taught me so much about life, Maisie Austin. And a spirit who is still alive, very much in this world still today. I think of other people whose bodies maybe have decomposed, whose minds have failed, but whose spirits still inspire so many of us here. One of those people I want to point out today, he's a person who's in this sanctuary every Sunday, and I mean every Sunday. Some of you don't know I don't know why, he's been here every Sunday for 65 years. Former trustee of this church was so when we celebrated our 50th, and 50th birthday back in 1921. A man who's a great inspiration to me, and part of it is what he does on Sundays. He's always here as he was this morning at 10.30. And that is to get the seat that he sits in every Sunday. Same seat. He's been sitting there so long that the carpet upon which his heel rests is worn out. And if you look, you'll see on the pew right in front of where he sits, finger marks where the wood is chipped, beautifully scarred, by a memory of the spirit of where every Sunday he reaches forth to stand up in the spirit to praise God from whom all blessings flow He's probably one of the youngest thinking men that we have in our community it's because of his spirit his body is going to be ninety years old on Friday that his spirit is as young as any of you teenagers. Some of you are going to send him cards on Friday. Some of us are going to help eat his birthday cake, and I sure hope it's chocolate. <laughs> but I want all of you to stand and greet and express your thanksgiving for a life lived in the spirit. Frank Poff, please stand up. I want to hear it from all these living spirits. That's the life of the Spirit, third oldest living member of Bakers Town Church. Oldest one, Mrs. Irwin, her spirit's still with her. Mrs. Janet Keller, who I know is listening to this broadcast. Both of them live in the St. John's Lutheran home in Mars. But those spirits are great inspirations to me and to all of us who know them and love them. God bless you, Frank. I hope you're around to inspire many a See, the Spirit works that way, works through people, but God never forces His Spirit upon any of us. It's one of the things you have to understand. God will never tie you down and force His Spirit into you you must voluntarily yield your spirit to the leading of his spirit. Those who are led by the Spirit of God they are the sons of God, but only those who voluntarily allow their spirits to lead them. You don't have to be a spirit-directed person. If you really believe that the way you think you are to find all of the blessings and opportunities that God has in store for you is by yielding to serve the flesh, take care of the physical, worry only about what you eat and what you wear and those things. Go ahead, do it. God won't stop you if that's your first love, if that's what you think is important. Go ahead, do it. But I must warn you, God tells us in his word, Galatians 5, and here I'm reading from the living Bible paraphrase, this is what will happen to you if it's not already happening. But when you follow your own inclinations, your lives will produce these evil results, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, spiritism, that is encouraging the activity of demons, hatred and fighting, jealousy and anger constant effort to get the best for yourself complaints and criticisms the feeling that everyone else is wrong except those in your own little group and there will be wrong doctrine envy murder drunkenness wild parties and all that sort of thing that's what you want worry only about the physical mental? you think that the way you find things that God has in store for you is simply through educational study go ahead go do it don't be too surprised though if you end up in your life being more of a debater than a disciple but if you want to communicate with God and believe the way to do it is through his spirit believe me according to the word of God that is where you will find Those things that many of us are looking for because the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And self-control is nothing more than living by faith rather than by faith. and that's the way we want to be Jesus tells us something else about the spirit he says when that spirit comes and be it on a Sunday or a Monday be it in a worship service in your home when it comes it's going to come like the wind the wind you know you don't see where it comes from you don't know where it's going all you can do is is hear the sound of it feel the effect upon you some of you here today have been debating for a long time whether or not you're going to yield your spirit to the Spirit of God. You've been teetering. There's been one reservation, mentally or physically, you've wanted to hold back. Listen to the wind. To hear the Spirit, He's blowing. You hear the sound. You feel the tug of the Spirit. Spirit of God upon your Spirit. All I can ask...